Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a crazy story of nuclear revenge against someone's own cousin. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I sold all my stepmother's jewelry and fled town to my grandma. My mom died when I was very young. She had complications from when I was born, and she struggled with them till she finally passed. When she died, my grandmother moved out of our house with me. She moved in with us when my mom became ill because she had to take care of my mom. When my mom died, she became sick with grief, and one day she took me and ran away. My dad reached out to beg her to bring me back, but she refused. My dad told me that my grandmother never liked him. She even warned my mom not to date or marry him, but my mom refused. My grandma blamed my dad for my mom's death, never mind the fact that my mom was diabetic, and that made pregnancy more complicated for her. It wasn't her fault. My grandmother was overwhelmed with grief, and my mom wasn't her only child, but was her favorite. My mom had a striking resemblance to her mother, my grandma. They also sounded alike from what I'm told. My grandmother's other child, my uncle, told me that my mom and grandma were inseparable. When my grandmother kidnapped me and ran, my dad was reluctant to speak to the police about it because he knew she was grieving. But at the same time, he was worried about my safety seeing as my grandmother was not in the right frame of mind. He had to speak to my uncle who was out of country at the time. He took my uncle flying over to the country and a lot of convincing to get my grandma to release me to my dad. I can't remember what exactly happened because I was little. As the years went by, my grandma visited me regularly. She went to therapy too and was getting better, but my mom's death did something to her that I don't think she ever recovered from. Just as my grandma was hurt, my dad was hurt too. He'd had a crush on my mother for the longest time, and it took a while before she agreed to date him. When she finally did agree, her mom disliked him. My parents thought my grandma would get over her dislike for their relationship, but when my dad proposed, my grandma threw a fit once again. She insisted that my parents would have issues in their marriage because of the contrasting cultural difference. My dad was from a very traditional family background. She warned that my mom would have a problem navigating life with someone so different and that she would have never-ending conflicts with his family. This was even after my dad assured my grandma that he had very strict boundaries with his parents. They went on to get married against my grandma's wish anyway, and when my mom got pregnant, my grandma came to like my dad and they were both getting along well when my mom died. My dad had a difficult time dealing with her death. Worse still, he didn't want to talk to a professional even though he made me speak with one. He hardly dated but poured all of his time and energy into his work, career, and me. My dad got ill, but even though I was young, I had come to terms with the loss. I always suspected he was going to pass, and he did too. We spent as much time as we could with each other, and were quite happy. It soon seemed like my dad was getting better. When I was 14 years old, my dad got married again to a very beautiful woman. It was quite random, and they barely even dated, but they seemed to be in love and he was a lot happier. 
My stepmother and I never had any problems when she moved in. We didn't have a great relationship, but we never rode either. She mostly stayed out of my hair and I stayed out of hers too. Once, I had to get tampons instead of the pads I usually got because I wanted to swim and was too embarrassed to tell my dad before I left the house. My dad and I had a good relationship. He encouraged me to talk to him about stuff all the time. But it was too hard to do that since whenever I tried to talk to him, he'd look very embarrassed too. I just stopped talking to him about feminine stuff altogether. Whenever I needed help, I would call my grandma. If she wasn't available, I would talk to my female friends who had moms. I called home that day to tell my dad that I needed tampons for swimming, but he immediately handed the phone to my stepmother. It was even more awkward explaining to my stepmother that I needed pads. She just said, okay, and showed up at my school less than an hour later with different types of products. It was the first time I felt like I had a mom with any other woman other than my grandmother. My excitement died when I got home and noticed that my dad and stepmom were not on good terms. They didn't speak to each other all through the day. At night, I heard them arguing in the kitchen, so I tiptoed there to know what was going on. It was just an errand. It's not like I asked you to carry her in your womb or bake cookies for a school function, I heard my dad say. I don't care, she hissed. She's been getting period supplies before I came into the picture, and I'd prefer if you let it stay that way. I told you when we first got together, I said I knew nothing about motherhood. If your daughter needs something, it's your job to help her get it. I made it very clear that I don't want to be a mother. Do you want a wife or a mother to your child? My dad didn't respond, but I knew he was probably wondering if he made a mistake marrying my stepmother. I went back to my room and cried my eyes out. I felt unwanted. What happened opened up the wounds that were only just healing. I didn't just feel unwanted and unloved. I also felt guilty for being the reason my dad and stepmom quarreled. My dad was happy with her, but they were having issues because of my presence in his life. Luckily, my therapist walked me through it. I wasn't going to feel horrible because my stepmother would rather not be bothered with doing anything for me. I came to respect her decision and stayed out of her way. No one, not even my dad, ever knew that I had heard their argument that day. My stepmother must have noticed that I was actively trying to avoid her because she tried to be overly nice, but I ignored her gestures. I must confess that watching her attempt to placate and patronize me while I brushed it off felt very good. That was the good part of therapy. I learned that I'm not just someone who can be rejected, but I could also be someone who can reject whatever and whomever it was that I didn't want. I rejected her gestures and kept to myself. I also turned down all attempts by my dad to get us three to hang out. As time passed by, my dad's health deteriorated. He became leaner and frailer. It hurt to see him like that, but he never wanted pity. He still smiled, danced, and carried on with life like everything was okay. My stepmother, on the other hand, looked more beautiful each day. My dad spent a lot of money on buying her the finest jewelry, clothes, shoes, and beautiful stuff. She was very particular about her jewelry. She would brag about them all the time whenever her friends came over. Oh, I have this jewelry, it's worth blah blah, and in years it's going to be worth way more than that. I would always pick buying fine jewelry over land. Land is for women with children. Who am I going to leave the land to? She would laugh and say, The last few months before my dad died, they had too many arguments about me. 
My dad resented her for not even trying to have a relationship with me. She hated that my dad was trying to force her to have a relationship with me. She wasn't interested in having a child or parenting and had told him that when they met. My dad died on a cold Sunday evening. My grandma and stepmom were all present at the hospital when he passed. I was overwhelmed with an incredible sense of loss, but I was accepting. I think it was the fact that I lost my mom so early and also that we all saw it coming. We even expected that he would go sooner. I processed my grief quite well after my dad died. My grandmother stayed with us for a while. She made sure I was okay all through her stay. My stepmother had one of her friends over too. Her friend helped her through her grief, just like my grandma helped me through mine. When my grandma was to leave, she wanted me to go with her, but my stepmother was not having that. It was ridiculous. She and I did not have a good relationship. It made no sense that she wanted me to stay with her. She and my grandma got into a big argument the day before my grandma was to leave. At night, she came into my room smiling as though we were long-term friends. I need to talk to you, dear, she said affectionately. I felt stupid. Did she really want to pretend we were okay? Was she so clueless about children that she thought I was stupid enough to fall for that? I wondered if referring to me as dear did not sound absurd or strange to her. She came over and sat at the foot of my bed. You can't go over and stay with your grandmother, okay? You need to stay here and stay with me. It's for your safety and good. When I didn't reply to her, she went on to tell me about how my grandma was mentally unstable. Your father probably did not tell you this to protect you, but when you were little, your grandmother tried to harm you. She blamed you for killing her child, your mom. You're not safe with her. Of course, I knew the story. My dad had told me many times about the time my grandma took me with her after my mom died. I knew my stepmom was lying about my grandma attempting to hurt me. My grandmother loved me more than anything in the world. I was the only reminder she had of my mom. She may have had a hard time handling her grief, but she would never hurt me. I ignored my stepmom and just covered myself with my blankets. For a while, I considered just staying and living with my stepmom. I wondered what that would mean for me. My grandma left early the next morning, but not after telling me that I could come to her house and was welcome whenever I wanted. When she left, I went back to my room to lie down, but was soon awoken by my stepmom's voice talking to people downstairs. I went down and saw her with two people, a man and a woman dressed in corporate pants and shirts. Is that her? The woman asked, nodding at me. The man turned to me too. She's still grieving, I'm afraid. She's barely said a word for a while. Maybe come back when she's fine and strong enough to talk. I knew they were talking about me, but I wasn't interested. I walked slowly to my bedroom, and from there, I heard the two strangers leave. It soon occurred to me that the strangers were from the social service. I called one of my friends immediately to tell her what happened. They replied, Your stepmother doesn't want to lose custody of you? Because it would mean she loses the house, my friend pointed out. Oh my god, I can't believe my dad didn't write a will. He knew this sort of thing could happen. How could he not have taken care of that? They say, you want to live with your grandmother, right? I could talk to my mom. As a lawyer, she could help. That is not a good idea, I pointed out. She would tell the judge that my grandma tried to harm me years ago. I can't risk that happening. That night, I could not sleep. And I kept thinking of different ways to make sure that I got out of that. Even if my grandmother doesn't get custody... I could be put in foster care and I didn't want that. 
We were going to have to get a good lawyer so my stepmother doesn't get the house. Even if she did get the house, she could only get just a part. My grandma wasn't exactly rich. She would need all the money to raise me till I turned 18. I also needed some money to at least pay for college tuition. I decided that what my grandma and I needed was a good lawyer, but how could we pay for it? I texted my friend that night telling her that I needed a good custody lawyer. They said, they're usually expensive, how can you afford that? I say, leave that to me, please just talk to your mom about it. One weekend, I waited patiently for my stepmom to leave for the salon. I had heard her tell someone over the phone that she was going to get her hair done and I knew that would take a while, so I rushed to the room she shared with my dad and searched everywhere looking for her jewelry box. If her jewelry was as expensive as she would brag about, then it could pay for a lawyer. After spending over 40 minutes checking everywhere, I found it. I took it to my room and then returned to her room to fix it since I'd made a mess. I knew some guys in school who knew people who could help me sell the jewelry so I spoke to them and they agreed to help. After I'd given it to them, I got a bus ticket, took a few important things and fled to my grandmother's. The money came in and my grandma and I were able to pay an attorney. My stepmother swore to everyone that I stole her jewelry but no one believed her. She ended up looking like the evil one. She couldn't afford to pay for a lawyer either, or she didn't think the house was worth the hassle. So she suggested an amicable out-of-court settlement. That worked fine for my grandma and me. She tried many times to get me to admit that I stole her jewelry, but I never admitted it. I think at some point, she actually believed me. The opportunity to grab some money makes people do some foul things, but I think this was a foul person to begin with. Our next story is... I gave my cousin a dose of her own medicine. I had a problem making friends or trusting people whom I didn't consider family, especially when they're not family. In high school, I'd been considered weird or snobbish. I'd stayed alone on most occasions, and eventually people gave up on trying to be my friend. I cared less anyway. Thankfully, my cousins and I were inseparable, so I had a friend in her. I've always been a family-oriented fellow, and my greatest weakness had been trusting too much and blindly. Sandra and I have been mistaken for twins since childhood, even up to our teenage year. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before she relocated to America long before I joined her, 
she hadn't been the same girl I knew when I joined her to study for my master's in science, but I'd always made several excuses to cover up for her shortcomings. But when she allowed Scott to call off our wedding just a few days before it, I knew I had to see that every other person had changed except me. It was obvious that Sandra wasn't the same girl I grew up with when I came to America, yet I refused to see it. Once, she almost got me into prison. We had a very heated argument about some bills at home. Everything looked calm until she threw a tea mug at me. I was shocked. I was glad I could see the object in time, otherwise I might be one-eyed by now. The scariest thing was she still called the police on me. Everyone had tried to make me see that she was suffering from bipolar disorder, and I didn't understand what that meant. I felt she was going through a lot of lows in her life. She had too much on her plate at that time. First, she couldn't get her medical license that year. She failed woefully when she wasn't even expecting to fail. That was a lot, and it was enough for me to overlook her excesses. She was still trying to come to terms with her failure when Emmanuel, her Nigerian boyfriend, served her a hot breakfast. He broke up with her in the most condescending way possible. He had announced his wedding on Instagram to the girl he had always claimed was his bestie. I feared for Sandra. I kept a close eye on her then. If she blinked, I blinked too. I felt sorry for her and I prayed that she pulled through that phase because I didn't like what she was becoming. She was so villainous that I became scared and I treaded on eggshells around her. I thought of moving out of her apartment, but I would kick against it vehemently. I couldn't leave her to herself at that point. Then another tragedy struck. That evening we were seeing our favorite show on TV and then she had gotten this mail on her phone. After reading the mail, she had thrown the phone down on impulse. I rushed to her while I screamed her name. I picked up the phone to check what had happened. She had been dismissed from her job. That job was her way of escaping from everything that was happening to her at that point. I lacked words of consolation. I couldn't relate to any of her woes. And I felt guilty for the ease I had experienced in my life. In the midst of all this, I met Scott. Scott was the perfect backbone I needed at that time because the more woes Sandra dealt with, the more miserable she made me feel. Luckily for me, I got a job at a grocery store and that was the perfect alibi to stay away from home when I wasn't in school. I was beginning to enjoy some sanity once again and the most beautiful thing was that Scott was everything I dreamt of and more. Scott had come to America as an international student too and we had a lot of experiences to share. I was surprised at how much I allowed my heart to trust this man I didn't even know too well then. As an introvert, I didn't enjoy letting people into my world easily, although it wasn't easy for him to win me over during the talking stage. I felt I would never love any man again after the horrible experience I had in high school. When Sandra noticed I spent more time with Scott, she became friendly again. Maybe I should have seen the spite in her friendliness, but as usual, I was always the nice girl who trusted blindly. The day I met Scott, Sandra and I were out together. Somehow, I felt like she liked him that day. We were out to get groceries and he came to do the same. When I came back from the skincare section of the grocery store, I met her offering some suggestions on the wine Scott should buy and why he should. Trust Sandra to always bring her medical inclination to everything. I didn't want to interrupt anything, so I stepped aside. Sandra had asked me about my skincare products, so Scott knew we were together. I wasn't comfortable with the way he was trying to be overly familiar with me. 
His eyes followed me around, but I just wanted him to focus on Sandra. While he conversed with Sandra, I took a cursory glance at him. I noticed his muscular arms and his athletic thighs. I knew instantly that he was one of those people that liked to show off their abdominal muscles and broad chest on social media. All those people that liked to flaunt fitness goals. I tried to abhor him. That was the only way I could contain the sudden tightness in my chest. I didn't want to like any man, especially the man that made Sandra's eyes glint. Sandra had tried to stop me from seeing Scott alone and she had tried to dissuade me from giving Scott a chance. Twice he had gone on dates with Sandra and me, and I didn't like that on both occasions. He made his interest too obvious in me. Although Sandra and he remained friends, he chased me instead. I didn't like it, but I enjoyed it. I can't say what I enjoyed most. The glamorous date nights, his intriguing personality, his body that got girls turning heads when we were out, or that he was gentlemanly and a bit flirty with me. I thought I was a staunch introvert, but he brought out parts of me that I never knew existed, and we talked about everything and did many things together. More so, the experiences I had in the past conditioned me to not like men or get too close to them, but I enjoyed every bit of my time with Scott. All the while, Sandra acted cool around us, so I thought she had moved on. Things were going well for her too, She got another job that gave her ample time to study for her medical exams. And interestingly, she was meeting amazing guys too. And I was finally able to breathe without the fear of breathing too loud. It was my third year in America, and I was rounding off my master's in science. Scott had been talking about marriage plans, but most times all I did was stare at him. I didn't know if I wanted to marry at all. I just enjoyed everything we had, and I wished it remained that way. When Scott proposed to me on February 14th, I didn't see it coming that day. We had a heated argument the previous day, so I thought the date night was for reconciliation. When he flashed the ring on his right hand and he kneeled on his left knee, I knew that I loved this man enough to risk forever with him. Of course, Sandra was there with some of our family members too. I was very happy and I couldn't forecast that there was anyone that wasn't happy for me. Everyone looked pleased. I'd gone through horrific experiences in the past, and I deserved all the happiness I was getting. Scott wanted us to get married as soon as possible. He was already an American citizen, so he wanted me to be an American citizen too. What a kind man, I'd said with admiration and satisfaction. He was prepared to go to Africa with me to see my parents and perform the necessary traditional rites. A few days before the wedding, Sandra asked me if I was truly going to get married. I know Scott doesn't know that you can't have a child of your own, and you know how much he adores kids, Sandra had told me warmly. I didn't like talking about my horrible experiences years ago. I had tried severely to tell Scott that there was something he didn't know that he ought to know. Instead, my throat becomes tight and I would have a suffocating feeling. That was the first time I'd felt love, and I didn't want anything to rip it apart. I was a coward, I agree. Why was Sandra bringing this up now? I had buried all that happened within me and, as far as I was concerned, I had no ugly scar to hide. Tears trickled down my glowing face. I had made sure I stuck to my skincare routine. I was determined to make a beautiful bride. I wanted to hide all my trauma behind my flossed teeth. I had cut down my carb intake and my wedding dress looked exactly like I'd imagined it would be. No. I'm not saying anything, at least not now. 
I had told Sandra in a stern voice that sounded more like a warning intended to ward her off of my business. Sandra had always competed with me, even when we were children, but I cared less. She was my closest and only friend, and it was okay if she wasn't perfect. What I did know was that she had always wanted me to be miserable, just like she was. I thought there was safety in family. That afternoon, Scott had stormed in, enraged and filled with fury. I never knew a day would come when he would look at me with contempt. I was shocked to see tears in his eyes. Scott, listen to me, I don't know what this is, but we can handle it together. I had told him with so much intensity that I didn't know existed within me. I was gobsmacked when Scott said, I don't think you should use the word together freely right now. He told me how much he trusted me and how he told me everything important to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yet I couldn't tell him the horrendous things a group of men did to me in high school, and the worst was I got pregnant, and due to the complications I had, I lost the pregnancy and my womb was removed. He said that was a lot, but I kept all that to myself. Thank goodness for Sandra, I would have married a woman I felt I knew so well. I couldn't open my eyes, I didn't want to. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't bear to look at him. I didn't want to see the disgust I imagined he felt at that moment. When I summoned the nerves to speak to him, I asked him what he wanted from me. I just want you to know that I'm not calling off this wedding because of what happened to you. I'm calling it off, at least for now, so as to enable me to process all this. He had uttered these words with so much heaviness. I think I had the right to know that we might not be able to have our own baby. And if you keep that away from me, I don't know what else you're capable of doing. After he said all those heavy words to me, he stormed out. My life was a movie, and I wasn't the actor because I didn't understand what just happened to me. Sandra had finally succeeded to take Scott away from me. What I didn't understand was why she did it then and not earlier. At least my past wouldn't be all over the town. And I didn't know if I should be thankful that Scott found out now, because what if he filed a divorce? If he found out in the future? Nothing looked real at that moment, other than my tears. I didn't say anything to Sandra when she got back home. Everything was glaring, and there was no point yelling over spilled milk. I acted cool, especially when she said, You may not get it now, but it is best if you don't marry Scott. I scoffed. I wanted to ask her, was it because all the men she had met had disappointed her woefully? Or because my fortune irritated her? I was dying inside, but I pretended I was perfect. I had tried to see Scott to at least talk, but all the appointments failed. I just had to focus on myself. Meanwhile, Sandra was preparing for her final medical exams. She had bragged about how she can't wait to be a resident doctor and how she would be a big chic and all. She suddenly became very nice and boisterous. I don't know what fueled her energy. Maybe the satisfaction that she didn't see me marry her man. She had once called Scott her man. Or that she felt I was weak and I wouldn't seek revenge. I cared less about what she felt. And I was thrilled at how unpredictable I was. I liked that she trusted me. I knew her allergies, and I was going to use one of them as her undoing. On the eve of her medical exams, I'd prepared dinner. I was aware that mushrooms made her puke and even caused dysentery that could get her hospitalized. I was aware, yet I added a large portion of ground mushroom powder to the pepper soup I prepared. And I made sure I used other spices to lessen its taste. She liked pepper soup. 
She liked the warmth that glides down the throat at every sip. I liked the look she gave when she mixed the basmati rice I prepared with the pepper soup and how she couldn't get enough. She took more portions of the pepper soup and I could feel the gusto in her eyes. Thank you, cuz, she muttered with all the sweetness and innocence I'd admired when we were kids. She went back to her study table with glee. She couldn't wait to smash her exams the next day. I had waited patiently to see the aftermath of my trick, but it wasn't forthcoming. I wondered if I had wasted my precious time. The plot twist was dramatic and funny to watch. Sandra had had such an intense, upset stomach that I feared she would die. The dysentery was nothing like she had had before. She didn't only miss her medical exam, she was hospitalized for five days, after which she was placed on bed rest. After everything, she found out she'd been replaced at work. I asked her how it felt to be given a dose of one's medicine. We both stared at each other until my phone rang. It was Scott. I think Scott's a little too on their high horse expecting to be told each and everything when it was such a crazy thing that happened to OP. I guess it's important to let your partner know if you could or couldn't have kids and probably being on the same page before you get married to them as far as whether you want to have kids or not. But I would hope most people agree that it's kind of understandable why they didn't just become so forthcoming about that time in their life. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.